Well, a really good morning to you and a warm welcome to St Paul's Online. My name is Adam. I'm one of the clergy here at St Paul's. It's fantastic to be with you as we worship together. I hope you're well. I hope you've had a fantastic week and perhaps in the last 24 hours or so you've been able to do some of those things that we've not been able to do more recently. I went for a haircut yesterday. It was very much uh, needed. Whatever you've been doing, whether you've been out more or not, I pray that God has been near to you and that you've known his presence in your life. In a moment, we're going to sing together. Before then, I'd love to pray for us as we prepare ourselves to worship. Uh, as I was thinking and praying through this service this morning, Psalm 84 came to my mind. So I'd like to begin by reading just a couple of verses from that psalm. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you that you promise that when we gather in your name, you are with us. Lord, our souls cry out for you afresh this morning. We draw near to you through our worship, through our prayers, through your word. And as we do so, we pray you would draw near to us. Help us to know your powerful work in us and through us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I say, we're going to sing now. The sung worship this week is led by a combination. Uh, firstly, there's some songs led by Gethin, one of our worship leaders, and also uh, my wife Jess and I have led some of the worship as well. Jess and I have been asked a few times how we manage to lead worship uh, when we've got little ones running around us all the time. If you were engaged with us as we worshipped uh, live last week, you'll have seen that Ellie joined us halfway through because she woke up. Normally when we record our song worship we do so at night which is why it's uh, dark outside uh, through the windows you'll see in a moment. So let's begin our service together as we worship. I will bless the Lord forever. Let's sing. Present. 
Good morning, everybody. Uh, I want to tell you a story this morning. The story is told from long ago where there was a king of a small kingdom uh, who had, a, he and his wife, the queen, had a new baby boy, a new prince, and the king loved the prince. And he wanted everybody in his small kingdom to come to a party to celebrate the birth of the prince. And he asked everybody in the kingdom to come with a gift for the new prince. He asked everybody to make a cup or a bowl out of silver or gold or the most precious thing they had to give to the prince. And some people in the kingdom were very happy to do this. They loved the king. He was a good king and they were happy that there was a baby prince. Uh, some people were not so happy. They thought the king's very rich. Uh, why should he ask us? Why does he need us to give him bowls or cups? He's got plenty. And the people who loved the prince made quite nice sized bowls and cups to give to the baby prince. And the ones who were a bit fed up made the smallest cups and bowls they could and took them with them. And everybody in this kingdom came to the party. And when the king welcomed everybody to the party, he thanked them for coming and sharing his joy about the birth of the newborn prince. And he said, I'm not wanting to take from you. I really want to give to you. Uh, at the end of the party, when you go home, take the cup or bowl that you've made and I don't really want you to give it to me. I want you to go to my treasury where you'll find diamonds and jewels and silver and gold coins and I want you to fill your bowl or your cup uh, with as much as you can fit in it and take it home uh, because I love you and I'm so pleased that you're in my kingdom. And so the people who'd made big bowls and cups to give to the prince wound up taking home lots of jewels and wealth. And the people who'd only given very tiny little bowls or cups could only fit one little thing in there. Now, obviously, it's a fairy story and it's a made-up story. But it points us to a great truth that God is like that king, a great giving God. And today we're thinking all about giving. And later on, we'll hear the next bit of the story from Acts, how the early church was really generous. Uh, but it points us to a great truth about God, that he is the great giver. Perhaps the most famous verse in the Bible is John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever of us believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
God so loved the world that he gave. And we are made in his image to be giving generous people and it's good for us to give. Uh, our world most of the time tries to get more. From time to time our world celebrates giving, times like comic relief or children in need and there's great joy in giving. But the truth throughout the Bible is that we are made to give. In Luke 6 verse 38 Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. With the measure you use it will be measured to you. In other words, the more you give, the more God is able to give to you. I think it's a bit like forgiveness. If I'm holding on to a grudge and not forgiving someone, my hands are, aren't open to receive from God and he wants to forgive me for what I've done wrong. If I'm holding on to everything I've got and not giving it generously, my hands aren't open to receive all that God wants to give to me. And God wants to give to us. And so he invites us to give to others so our hands are open so we can receive uh, what God wants to give to us. Now I started learning this lesson uh, as a child. I have a vivid memory of when I was seven or eight. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was the vicar of a small church and he encouraged us as children to give. We, he gave us pocket money in multiples of 10 so we could learn to give a tenth each week he encouraged us to give 10% and save 10% and only spend up to the 80% and that's a really good model and it's something we've taught our children and it's a, it's a very good rough and ready rule for life. But there was a gift day at our church, I can't remember what it was for, I was only seven or eight and I had been saving up my pocket money. I can picture I had a white yoghurt pot, it was about this big, uh, with a hole in the lid and I used to put some of my pocket money in each week to save up. And I was saving up for a Monopoly set. I'd played Monopoly with a friend and I thought it was the best thing ever. And I wanted to buy a Monopoly set. And in those days, this is back in about 1970, 71, Monopoly cost £1.50 or £1.10 bob in old money. If you've got grandparents, ask them what 10 bob meant and what old money was. And I remember I'd got a bit more than a pound. I can picture in this yoghurt pot there was a green pound note. That was in the days when you used to have pound notes, uh, not pound coins. And I was somewhere between a pound and one pound fifty, saving up for my Monopoly set. And something in me moved me to give all of that money to the gift day. And my parents had taught me that you can't outgive God, that he will give back to me. Uh, and amazingly, a week later, some relative sent me five pounds, which was untold riches. Uh, and my dad said, you see, you can't outgive God. So I went straight out and bought my Monopoly set. It's this. This was a 1971 Monopoly set. Some of you who are in your 50s will have one a bit like this. Uh, and this is a bit of an heirloom for me because that was when I learnt that you can't outgive God. Now, of course, God doesn't always give us back lots of money. He gives us, in many ways, things are much more valuable, joy and peace and health and relationships. Uh, but it's certainly true that as we trust him with our money, he provides for our needs. So I want to encourage you parents, if your children are of school age or above, to give them pocket money. Children, if you're at school, ask your parents to start giving you pocket money. I want to encourage you parents to give it in multiples of 10. Um, I've no idea how you'll work that out, 
when we had our children, when they were age five, we gave them 50p a week. And when they were six, we gave them 60p a week. And I've no idea what the current rates today are. But give it in multiples of 10. And then you children learn to save 10% and build up for whatever you're saving for. And to give 10%, uh, to give it away. Uh, we usually gave through the church, uh, sometimes to other things. And then only to spend up to 80%. Parents, this is a wonderful way to help your children learn about money, to learn to handle it when they're young, to learn that it runs out, to learn that they have to make choices. It's also quite a good tool for discipline as well. And sometimes I think God, as the perfect father, uses finances to discipline us. But mostly God wants to bless us. He says, give and it will be given to you. So I pray that you will develop your own stories. I'll tell one or two more later on this morning. Uh, but for now, we're going to celebrate God's faithfulness, not just to us, but all through history, God has been faithful to his people. So we're going to sing about that and the Wiratunga family are going to help us with our actions.
Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Katie. I'm the children's minister here at St Paul's, and we are going to pray together now. It'd be really helpful if you had a piece of paper to pray with today, but you can just watch and enjoy if you don't have one to hand. The first thing we're going to do with our piece of paper is we are going to fold it in half. And it's a little bit like a hug. So we are going to pray for someone who is close to you. So have a little think about someone you know that you would like to pray for. And you could show God a picture of them in your head or you could just say their name to God. But say a little prayer for them now. Father, we thank you for all those people that we have named before you. We thank you that you have made us to live in community. We thank you for our family and our friends. Please help us to stay close to them at this time. Amen. Uh, the next thing we're going to do is open up the paper again. And then we're going to make two little folds of the corner into the middle to that first fold that you made. And now it looks a little bit like a building. So we are going to pray for our church. Father God, thank you so much for St Paul's. Thank you for everything that is happening to try and spread your word during lockdown. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be bolder and brighter in spreading your word to Leamington so that we may change Leamington one life at a time. Amen. Uh, the next fold we're going to make on our paper uh, is to fold it in again to the middle. So take one of the edges and fold it in. So it's going to sort of make an arrow shape. And arrows help us to point the way. And the people at the moment who help us to point the way and guide us are our leaders. That could be any leader of anything. So have a think of a leader that you would like to pray for. It might be a leader of our country. It might be a boss or a teacher. It might be um, Jonathan and the staff team at church. Uh, have a little think of a leader that you would like to pray for. Father, thank you for our leaders. We know that whatever they are leading, they have a really tricky job at the moment. We pray particularly for our government that you would give them wisdom and direction and that they would turn to you for guidance in leading our country. Lord, thank you for those that have worked tirelessly throughout this lockdown to lead us and guide us, whether that be at church, work, school um, or indeed our government. Give them fresh energy and vision, Lord. Amen. Uh, the next fold we're going to do is we're going to take the two halves that we've made and fold it back along that first line that we did. Uh, and now it looks a little bit like an aeroplane. Uh, and so we're going to pray for people who are travelling over the world spreading the gospel. We might call those missionaries. Father, thank you for the bravery of those people who go out to the world and spread your gospel. 
Lord, give them a creativity at this time when it is really hard to do, when it's hard to leave, to go out and spread the word. Give them fresh ideas to know how to get your gospel to people who may have never heard it or to people who have heard it and rejected it. Lord, help us all to spread your word wherever we are and whatever we are doing. Amen. Uh, and the last bit of folding that we're going to do is we're going to take these edges and fold them back on themselves to make an aeroplane, or as I like to call this one, a prayeroplane. Uh, and we are going to send this away uh, and pray for our world. So if you've got your prayeroplane, you could now throw it across the room carefully um, and say a short prayer for our world. Father, we thank you so much for our earth. We thank you for all the good gifts that you have given us. Help us, Lord, to look after our world, whether that be through um, the, looking after the environment or looking after the people within it. Help us to know what we can do, what small change we can make to make your world a better place. Amen. We are going to finish our time of prayer now with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. It is time to worship again now. You give hope 
grace We pour out our praise It's your breath in our lungs So we pour out our praise to you Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing Great are you, Lord And all the earth will shout your grace Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing
His perfect love could not be overcome And now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you defeated And now forever He is glorified to shake the stone was rolled away his perfect love could not be overcome now death where is your sting our resurrected king has rendered you defeated now forever he is glorified forever Hello, my name is Andrew Rolls, and as well as being part of the church family, I'm also your treasurer. Because of COVID-19 restrictions, we were not able to have our annual parochial church meeting. 
so I was not able to share with you the financial results of 2019. The accounts have been independently examined and can be viewed on the church website. Just need to click on Annual Report under the Latest tab. If, we do, if you would like to contact me about church giving, my email address is also on the church website. Just click on Giving, which can be found under the I'm Interested In tab. I can, of course, be contacted by post sent to the church. That's always passed on to me. Thank you for supporting St Paul's, especially during this difficult time. Now let's turn to the Bible reading. It's in Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work within them all that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Andrew, very much for reading that next part of the story for us. And thank you, Andrew, too, for being a wonderfully godly treasurer. And if any of you do have questions about your giving or how it works, then please do contact Andrew. Uh, let's pray that God will continue to speak to us. How we praise you, Lord, that you are the great giver and that we're made in your image and that we cannot outgive you. Uh, continue to pour your spirit on all of us as we think through what this means for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said earlier, we're thinking about giving generously as part of our lifestyle as individual Christians and as a church family at St Paul's. It's one of our values as a church, that so we're welcoming and generous. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be like God the Father, who is the great giver. And we cannot outgive God. I'm reminded about that all the time by my, my own name, Jonathan, uh, in Hebrew, Yonatan, the Yah bit is from Yahweh, God, and the Nathan bit means gives. My name means God gives. Uh, so it's how I've been named, and I'm reminded about it all the time. God is the great giver. And the early church overflows with generosity. They have been so thrilled with what Jesus has done for them. He's poured his spirit into them that naturally they overflow in generosity to those around them. Let's look at a couple of these verses again, Acts 4.32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed uh, to those in need. 
So they had this regular just sharing from what they had, regular giving and sharing, and from time to time this extraordinary giving. Uh, and an example of that was Barnabas's giving. Uh, his real name is Joseph, verse 36. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Uh, so Barnabas is his nickname. He was such a generous, encouraging character. Uh, he encouraged St Paul and brought him on. He encouraged the church in Antioch. And he's a generous person and we see God multiplying his ministry. And we'll look at him again when we get to the church in Antioch later in Acts. I want to encourage you, whoever you are, to give generously. We're not just talking finances, but our time and our sharing of uh, expertise, resources to give, but certainly to be giving financially regularly. Many of you do faithfully and thank you in God's name for what you give. And you will have your own stories of God's faithfulness to you in the small groups and the prayer triplets uh, and the formations. Do tell these stories. They are hugely encouraging to us to go on trusting God. Tell the stories about the amazing redevelopment work that we've done over the last 10 years and how God's provided for our needs. Uh, as we think about it, there's two scriptures that so help me to carry on being generous. They'll be familiar to many of you, but I want to share them again. Now, the first one is Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. This is pretty much the last page of the Old Testament, where God says through the prophet Malachi to his people, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to contain it. I love that. God wants to bless us. We cannot outgive him. He invites us to bring the whole tithe and offerings. Malachi has been talking about tithes and offerings. Tithes are the 10%. Offerings are what we give on top of that. Now, we don't want to be Pharisees about this. The New Testament standard is generosity, which I am sure means at least tithing. If you're poor, giving 10% is incredibly generous. If you're wealthy, 10% is where it begins to start. Uh, if you go to a sale uh, in the shops and they say there's 10% off, we think, well, that's hardly anything. It's hardly worth bothering. When it comes to giving 10%, we often think rather differently about it. The Church of England officially encourages 5% to your local church and 5% elsewhere. Uh, but I prefer Malachi from the scripture, which is tithing 10% to the storehouse. That's the local church, I think, in our day. And then offerings beyond as well. And God invites us to test him in this. Test me, says the Lord. Trust me with your money and see if I won't pour out so much blessing that you won't be able to contain it. It doesn't mean God's going to pour masses of finance back to us. He will certainly provide our needs. But he might well give in so many other ways, relationally, peace, joy, love, uh, health, whatever it is. Now, as I was preparing to preach this, uh, we had David Harkness come to help uh, chop up the church pew we got five years ago to fit it down. We finally decided where we want to fit it in our house. And I asked David, do you have any testimony about tithing? And this is what he said. 
Well, here we are. I'm here with David Hartness, and he's doing some work on this pew for us. Five years ago, David pulled out all the pews from church, and lots of us have got them. We've finally worked out what we want to do with ours, so David's kindly cutting it down to size. And while he's here, I've asked him if he's got a testimony about God's faithfulness when it comes to giving. So, David, tell me what you tell folks what you just told me. Well, I, I've been married for some 35 years or so, and in all my married life, and indeed before, I've. Uh, never wanted for money on a monthly basis save for two occasions and those just happened to be the two occasions when I didn't pay my tithe every other year every other month in well probably since I was 18 I've paid my tithe and God has blessed me financially far far more than I ever deserve so uh, my testimony is that we have a faithful God I've honored him financially and he has honored me financially and I just I'm just so blessed every time I think of it. Well, thank you, David. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you again for all the work you do in welcome. the church, both with the pews and then more recently, the new cross. So thank you for oh, that yes. as well. Yes, thank indeed. You. You're welcome. So thank you, David, for both for all you did on the church pews and the church cross and for your testimony to God's faithfulness down many, many years uh, since you were 18, tithing regularly. Uh, I also bumped into another church member recently uh, and asked them how are they getting on. They're one of our many self-employed people in the church. And I said, how's lockdown been for you? And they said that initially, obviously, it was very difficult. They had no work and money dried up. And then the chancellor gave the furlough scheme money, or not furlough, the self-employed scheme. And they said they'd done quite well in their business uh, and they, were, they weren't sure whether they'd qualify or not for it. But when they looked at all the numbers, their tithing to the church had brought them within the boundary of the government schemes so they've been able to benefit from the government money and I love that it's parts of God's economy we give and God provides what we need it was just another lovely testimony uh, to if we give God is faithful so Malachi encourages us to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and the early church would have been doing that but so much more uh, Barnabas sold his field from time to time others sold more and gave more uh, and I want to tell one more story from my own life. We are very privileged to live here in the vicarage, but of course it's not our house. And from time to time the diocese do things to uh, make sure it's still, the roof's on and it works. But there are loads of things we would love to do uh, that the diocese often can't do. Uh, about 15 years ago, uh, there were seven of us in the house. We had one bathroom. We were approaching the time we'd have lots of teenagers and there's a big, uh, cupboard upstairs that we thought we could make into a shower room next to the bathroom and we asked the diocese about it several times and each time it was no so we were trying to save up some money to do it ourselves uh, we own a proportion of a house down in Devon the bank owns the rest and we thought we could put some more on the mortgage there and it was going to cost around 10,000 to do this shower room and then we had a major problem at church. We had a major problem with the roof that needed redoing. We had a problem with Leicester Street, the number 40 Leicester Street, where we found two wells that needed capping off. Uh, and all in all, the church looked like it might go down by at least 100,000. And for the only time in my life I've ever done this, I decided to tell the church what we would give. And I asked the church, please, will you give? We will put this 10,000 that should have gone to the shower room uh, here because we want the church to be solvent and we certainly don't want to have to make the staff redundant uh, so it was uh, so we gave that and the church gave and the roof was covered and the wells were capped off 
Uh, shortly after that, I bumped into someone else at the diocese and asked them about the shower room and they suggested we invited someone else to come and have a look and this person came to have a look and they were influential. And to cut a long story short, the diocese did pay for our shower room in the end anyway. And it's just another example of we gave to the Lord and he gave back. And I could bore you all day with stories about like that, but I won't. Get your own stories, share them with each other. Trust the Lord with your finances and he will provide. Can I also say, if you get a legacy down the family, do pass on, do tithe it, trust it to the Lord's kingdom. We need to redo our will, uh, but each version of our will we've done has a tithe to the kingdom of God in it, some of it to the local church, uh, so in this case St Paul's, some of it to other aspects of God's kingdom. How, what about a bit of advice for how we go about that? And here's another Bible reading that's been so helpful to me. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8, where Paul says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. That's like the story of the king and the prince earlier. If we're generous to God, he provides for us. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So we need to think it through. We give generously, but we give thoughtfully. We think it through. No one is making anybody give anything that you don't want to give. I always say, if you don't want to give, don't give. Good luck to you. Uh, we're, I think we're better if we do give, but we think it through. Uh, we encourage each other to give to the church by standing order. Or oh, there's a new scheme now, the parish giving scheme, where they collect the tax back for us to make it easier on our finance team. And if you'd like to find out about either of those, just ask Andrew. Uh, work out what a tithe is, what 10% is. Uh, if you're married, talk to your partner about this. If you're not sure what to give, take a step towards it. Ask God to put a figure in your mind. Uh, I would recommend you don't argue too much with the figure God puts in your mind. In my experience, it usually goes up a bit. Uh, but trust the Lord, give it freely. And then this wonderful phrase, God loves a cheerful giver. The Greek word cheerful is hilarion. It's the word we, that we get hilarious from. God loves a joyful, cheerful giver. We give freely. And then comes an amazing promise that God is able to meet all of our needs in every way. Uh, we cannot outgive God. So here in the early church, Acts 4, we see a church overflowing with generosity. Now St Paul's has been generous for many years and we give to mission partners and we give to various things in the, beyond us as a church uh, and we have a hardship fund for anyone in need in our church. And if you are in need, please ask. Uh, we want to help people, that we have funds to help you. But if you've never started to give to the church, please start today. It works best when everybody is giving what they, uh, their part, a proportion of it. Those of you who don't have so much money, 10%, maybe a smaller amount, it's costly and God loves your heart. Those of you who have more, please give more. Uh, who knows how the economic crisis that's coming is going to affect us as a church and affect people in this area. Uh, and if we are generous to the Lord, he will be able to overflow from us to others and we will be able to share with others in need and point them to the God who loves us so much. 
all of you do start now. Teenagers, use your pocket money or Saturday job money or allowance. Students do start. Uh, it's never too early to start. Uh, and I pray that like David's testimony, you'll be able to talk about God's faithfulness down the years. In my case, since I bowed the knee to Jesus as Lord as 18, we've honoured God with tithes and offerings and he's provided for us and he will provide for you. So let's pray together. We praise you, Lord God, that you are a generous God, that you loved the world so much that you came in the person of Jesus to reveal your love and die for our sins and rise again. We praise you that you poured out your spirit on us and we thank you for the example of the early church here in Acts 4 who gave so generously that there was great overflow. Pour out your spirit on us individually now and as a church as a whole and we pray that you would release so much resource that we can bless those around and give to those in need and point people to you the generous, loving God. And may it only be explainable because of your action among us. And we ask it all in your great name. Amen. So now let's turn to the Lord in worship as we uh, come towards the end of our service. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong. In the Savior's love, through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of When darkness seems to hide His face, I rest on His unchanging grace In every high and stormy day My anchor holds within the veil My anchor holds within the veil Christ
come with trumpet sound Oh may I then in him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone Faultless stand before the throne When he shall come with trumpet sound Oh may I then in him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone Father, stand before the throne. Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the stone, He is alone, alone. Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of Fantastic. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing to end our service together. Before then, it wouldn't be a church service without notices of some sort. Uh, I'm sure a few of you are wondering what we're planning in terms of reopening our building for services. The guidance came through earlier this week. It's still fairly restrictive in terms of what we're allowed to do, both in terms of the number of people allowed in the building, that's still fairly small, but also in terms of what we can do once we're in the building. So, for example, we're not able to sing together when we gather. And so for the time being, we're going to continue with these online services at 10 o'clock here on Facebook and on YouTube. So do carry on joining us. In the meantime, uh, we're going to continue to review that guidance as it comes out uh, and also to prepare the building. So uh, Lars and I are working on the technology so that even if we can gather as a smaller community, we'll be able to live stream those services into your homes as well. Do be praying for us as we do that. Be praying also for the weddings that we've got coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, weddings are very restricted on the numbers that are allowed. So be praying for the couples as they prepare and work out all the arrangements for that. Pray also for us as we prepare for that so that we can do it safely uh, for everybody. I'm also aware that a few people are really keen to be praying inside the building just for themselves in private prayer and so we're going to trial that this coming Wednesday both in late morning and in early evening uh, and so you're really welcome to be in the church building for yourself for private prayer and those times. The details are in Jan's email but they'll be on Facebook and Twitter a bit later as well. The final notice, just a reminder that at 11 o'clock in a few moments time, we'll gather on Zoom together uh, for coffee. Do join us if you're able to. The details are in Jan's email again on Friday, uh, or you can drop me an email. My details are on the church website and I'll send you the things that you need. Let me pray this prayer of blessing over us as we finish then. May the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth receives its name, strengthen you with his spirit in your innermost being 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And may you know the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit amongst you now and always. Amen. Abide in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.